Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Tomorrow, our annual Reformation Boise Conference begins at Valley Shepherd Church in Meridian, and you're not going to want to miss it. There are many Treasure Valley churches churches from Boise, Meridian, Napa, and Caldwell who are sponsoring this event in order to keep it free. That's how much we believe in Reformation Boise Conference. So there's still time to register. If you go to ReformationBoise.com, you can register for free as well as gather all the necessary details. So here's where we're at. We've been talking this week about the second coming of Christ because that is what Dr. Venema will be concluding the conference with. If you've missed the previous broadcast, just subscribe to our podcast. Just make sure you type in The Gospel for Life, and you can hear what we've said so far. So we have an action-packed show today, so I'm going to hand it over to my co-host, Russ Herman. So I'm going to just quickly try to... What was that? Technical difficulties. Sorry, I am not capable of being by a phone because I keep hitting all the buttons. <laughs> so I'm going to quickly summarize the four major beliefs on the on the millennial um, using the the words of Keith Matheson. He wrote for Table Talk magazine back in 2013. So can you give us the four views before you summarize? Yes, historic premillennialism, dispensational premillennialism, postmillennialism. And ah, millennialism. Say that now. Say that three times fast. Yeah, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> so, the historic pre-mill. See what I'm doing there? Yeah. Teaches that at the end of the present age there will be the great tribulation, followed by the second coming of Christ. At Christ's coming, the Antichrist will be judged. The righteous will be resurrected, Satan will be bound, and Christ will establish his reign on earth, which will last for a thousand years and be a time of unprecedented blessing for the church. At the end of the millennium, Satan will be released and he will instigate a rebellion, which will be quickly crushed. The unrighteous will at this point be raised to judgment, after which the eternal state will begin. So that's historical primo. Yep. What are some names that people who hold to that view? And uh, James Montgomery Boyce was one of those. George, El- El- George Eldon Ladd was. I think John Piper is a historical primo guy. There's a lot of people from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, Ted's, um, out of Chicago that hold to this view. Mm-hmm. So one of the necessary components of holding to this view is that you, when you're looking at Revelation chapter 20, I believe. Mm-hmm. You have to interpret the thousand years there as, as literal, literal thousand, thousand years. years. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there are reasons to that the primo guys would give to say that, and there are reasons that other people would say, "Well, here's why you shouldn't hold to a wooden literal view." Yep. So typically, at this time during that millennial time period, where there's a huge blessing of the church, the temple would be rebuilt, priesthood sacrifices, cult rituals would be restored. Um, so it's a huge time of blessing within within the church. So the second is dispensational pre-mill. 
According to dispensationalism, the current church age will end with the rapture of the church, which along with the appearance of the Antichrist marks the beginning of the seven-year great tribulation on earth. The tribulation will end with the battle of Armageddon, in the midst of which Christ will return to destroy his enemies. The nations will then be gathered for judgment. Those who supported Israel will enter into Christ's millennial kingdom, and the rest will be cast into Hades to await the last judgment. Christ will sit on the throne of David and rule the world from Jerusalem. Israel will be given the place of honor among the nations again. The temple will have been rebuilt, and the temple sacrifices will be reinstituted as memorial sacrifices. At the end of the millennial, Satan will be released and lead unbelievers in rebellion against Christ in the new Jerusalem. The rebellion will be crushed by fire from heaven, and Satan will be cast into the lake of fire. The wicked will be brought before the great white throne, judged and cast into the lake of fire, and the eternal state will begin. Now, who are some contem- who are some people held to this view? Probably uh, you would remember John MacArthur, um, Charles Ryrie. Um, you know, for anybody that grew up in the seventies, the Schofield Bible, yeah. <laughs> John, John Nelson Darby in the nineteenth yeah. century, right? Right. This would be Tim LaHaye. And Jerry yeah. Jenkins, the Left Behind series, is, is full in on this this mindset. Hal so, Lindsey from previous yeah, late generation. great planet Earth. Yeah. So this has been the most popular view in the last 100 years in evangelicalism. Is that you guys think? I would say in, t- yeah. in terms of it, yeah. number. In terms of numbers. In terms in terms of popularity, sure. Right. And you've um, got some very um, respected biblical scholars here. I mean, um, Gleason Archer, um, Walter Kaiser. Um, Harry Ironside. I mean, you've got some people that, right, right. People you know, read. I mean, uh-huh. and, and as we have we said, you know, they've they're dealing with their uh, an interpretation of scripture, and it's and it really is important how we, you know, where we start in that interpretation. Uh-huh. Um, I think that with regard to premillennialism, as you know, there's some things that you have to understand that you're doing. When you're a premillennialist, whether you're a historic premill or a dispensational, you have to believe that after Christ comes back, that physical death continues. Um, you know, because you have this period of time, you have to believe that you know these people that are going to rebel or the uh, unbelieving progeny born to be- believers. Uh, you you have to believe that the natural creation continues beyond the time of Christ's second coming. Uh, and it's still subject to the curse and the fall of man. You have to believe that the new heavens and the new earth are not going to be introduced until a thousand years subsequent to the return of Christ. Mm-hmm. You have to believe that unbelieving men and women will have the opportunity to come to saving faith in Christ for at least a thousand years subsequent to his return. And you need to believe that unbelievers will not be finally resurrected until at least a thousand years after the return of Christ. So there are all these things. You know that you need to believe. You know that uh, that premillennials require us to believe death is, but we would say death is defeated and swallowed up at the coming of Christ. the The natural creation is set free from its bondage to corruption. You know, the creation groans. You know, waiting for the adoption of sons. You know, the new heavens and the new earth are immediately introduced. Um, the oppor- all opportunity to receive Christ as Savior terminates when He comes again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, is it safe to say, Jonathan, that 
you are not a premillennialist. <laughs> well, I just want to make it just clear. Just, 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 <laughs> just don't tell my extended family. <laughs> <laughs> so with the dispensational premillennialists, you, you really do have some differences as far as, so this is Dallas Theological Seminary. This is Master's <clears throat> Seminary. So this is Chuck Swindoll. This is, is John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. But you do have some dis, uh, disagreements within these camps as far as when Christ will come. Will he come pre-trib? mid-trib or post-trib. So does he come before? Does he come during? Does he come after the tribulation? So we'll let them sort all of that out. But they're not, you don't have in this belief system, the first two, um, uniformity across the board. There is even disagreement within these camps as far as some of the details um, of, of what they're what talking What they about. agree on is, the name is actually very descriptive. Yes. Pre-millennium meaning that Jesus comes back before this thousand years, whatever yes. that is, mm-hmm. that's what it, that they all have in common. That's yes. correct. So Post Mill um, teaches that the thousand years of Revelation 20 occur prior to the second coming of Christ until recently most Post Mills taught that the millennium would be the last thousand years of the present age. Today, many Post Mills teach that the millennial age is the entire period of time between Christ's first and second advents. As we will see, this means that contemporary versions of post-millennialism are very close in many ways to contemporary all-mills. The main difference between the two is not so much the timing of the millennium as the nature of the millennium. In general, post-mills teach that in the present age, the Holy Spirit will draw unprecedented multitudes to Christ throughout through the faithful preaching of the gospel. Among the multitudes who will be converted are the ethnic Israelites who have thus far rejected the Messiah. At the end of the present age, Christ will return. There'll be a general resurrection of the just and the unjust, and the final judgment will take place. So who are some characters in the post-mill camp? Uh, Ken Gentry. I'm trying to think of some of those names. Gary DeMar. My my favorite theologian, Jonathan Edwards, was post-mill. And one of the things was, you know, there are periods in in history where it seems like there's an advance and, and so people, just like in maybe premillennialism, they begin to read their eschatology through um, current event. And so they're, they're looking for a, a golden age, you know, like the war to end all wars, you know, was a period of time when postmillennialism, you know, after, after the world wars, uh, you know, there was this resurgence to that. Oh, things are changing. They're looking for a golden age that somehow we bring in the golden age. I think that's the real problem with post-millennialism, that we are the ones that are affecting that. So you've got some heavy hitters here. This would be A.A. A. Hodge, Charles Hodge. Um, we mentioned Jonathan Edwards, B.B. Warfield, Lorraine Botner, uh, Ken Gentry, Greg Bonson, um, Dabney, um, Machen, um, Ian Murray, John Murray, John Owen, um, W. Shedd. I mean, you've got some heavy hitters, um, even especially in the in the Reformed world here. Right. So, mm. pretty pretty strong listing of names. Yep. So again, post millennial is very descriptive. It just simply means that Jesus returns post after um, this millennium. So they're not looking at the thousand years as anything literal. It's figurative language. And the main idea yeah. is the that throughout the rest of the book of, of Revelation, all of the numbers, all the figures, all of that is figurative use. And so they would say, well, why in Revelation 20 all of a sudden would 
um, what has been symbolic language throughout the book, now all of a sudden we're going to start to think of it as literal, they would say, no, it's it's figurative language. Okay, so. A millennium. What sees Revelation 20 as descriptive of the reign of Christ with the th- saints throughout the entire present age. In this view, the millennium of Revelation 20 is a great picture of how, during this age, Satan has been prevented and is prevented by the coming of Christ from deceiving the nations totally any longer. He has been cast down from heaven to the earth. The devil cannot prevent Christ from gathering to himself his rightful inheritance, which are the nations that the Father has promised to him. So very simply, we are living in the millennium right now. Thus, in the Amel view, this important chapter offers us, talking about Revelation 20, a behind-the-scenes glimpse of the continuing triumph of the Lamb as he gathers his elect from the nations. They are already enjoying God's blessing in their lives, even if they are called to suffer persecution or martyrdom. According to Amel, the present millennial age, which is characterized by suffering, will be followed by the second coming of Christ, the general resurrection, the last judgment, and the new heavens and the new earth. And... The people here are um, Bovink, Jay Adams, Burkhauer, Burkhoff, um, Hendrickson, Hukama, Michael Horton, Kuiper, J.I. Packer, Riddlebarter, Sam Storms, Venema, Martin Lloyd-Jones. Boss, Lloyd-Jones, Walt Key, Edward Young. So you've got a very formidable list mm-hmm. here as far as Reformed theologians. Okay, so we have about a minute left. Phil, we have not heard from you, so here you get the last question. <laughs> Can your eschatology affect the way that you view the rest of the Bible and ethics? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, The way that it, to me, the way that it affects the rest of the Bible um, is knowing knowing that, well, one of the deceptions, and I think one of the the deceptions that Jesus talked about, he said, um, when Jesus talked about the end times, he said, it will be as in the days of Noah that people will just go about eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. In other words, that people will just go on as if one day goes on after the other, and this world as we experience it now never comes to an end. But when I know that Christ is returning, and that gives an immediacy to, 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 to know the world doesn't work that way, um, Christ is going to bring this all to a close. That gives both an urgency and a life to all of the rest of Scripture that I'm to take it very, very seriously, the ultimate seriousness, uh, because I'm not to have that unbelieving attitude to any other part of the Bible that says, well, I just go on eating and drinking, marrying, giving marriage. This world is just going to go on as it always has. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Please go to ReformationVoice.com, sign up for the conference. We'll see you tomorrow. 